Alrighty, well, welcome back to the Glue Guys. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Steven Scapula, that one's for you. Shout out. Shout out already. Check us out on iTunes, search Glue or search Glue Guys. Check us out on Twitter, search Glue. What are we, BK Glue Guys? Yeah, search just Glue. Just t- just Google Glue. If you Google Glue, we're going to pop up. Um, Steven Scarpulo of the Email Sphere said that he's been saying hello. He was inspired by my, my hello. That's how he greets people these days. He says it like you do? Yep. I wouldn't do that. Anyways. Get your ass kicked a lot and, you know, you got to be tough. Um... We are nearly at the end of the road, Brian. It's near the end of the season. Um, it's a very interesting time to be a Nets fan. I just want everyone to know, Mike is uh, going with the Kenny and Martin no undershirt in the glue den right now. Um, that was because he came in wearing a, a pretty, you know, your your average button-down, a, a salmon button-down. Salmon know. Ralph Lauren outlet. Button okay, down. I didn't. I didn't know you were one. Okay, fine. Sorry, guys. A Ralph Lauren button down. And uh, what does that mean? And you, <laughs> what's wrong with Ralph Lauren? Respectable clothing brand. I know you like. I know you're. I like the finer things. You like to name. You like to name drop brands. That's what you like to yeah. do. Anyways. I was the guy wearing the Fitch shirts. Oh boy, in high school. Were, but you had the pre in college the pre uh, weathered Fitch hats too. Um, and then Mike broke out in a in a sweat like I wouldn't believe. I thought he was having a fever. I mean, I'm down here in full on sweater and and wool slippers. It may have been something that was entering my system. I was, was eating it? some Essen teriyaki yeah. chicken. Some, yeah, some weak old teriyaki. Um, anyhow, so I just wanted to paint that picture for the listeners out there. Anyway, so we have here uh, an interesting point in the next season. Uh, oh wow, back to business. Okay, I don't know how much it's even um, worth watching, but uh, we certainly are. Uh, the the big news this week in the Nets world is that they have benched Brooke and Thad for the rest of the year. Uh, this is something that I sort of had, you know, we had we had touched on earlier in other pods talking about that this was an idea that would make a lot of sense. I'm surprised at how much uh, did you, uh, this was from like you know when it happened, but um, Jalen Rose just went in on the fact that first of all he incorrectly was like they're tanking to get a better lottery pick. So that was. Did he really say that's that? That's what he said. He was like, "Yeah, the Kings and Nets are tanking for better lottery picks." I like Jalen, but it's pretty rough not to know. Yeah, exactly. Ev- what everyone that is. knows the Nets don't have their lottery You're, pick. People we love reminded. that. <laughs> People love that fact. Um, but then, and he was like, "Yeah, this is what you get. Like, it's it's horrible." Um, I was like, "Really? You really think that? I don't know. It feels fine. I'm fine with it. It. it I mean, it's it's a very NBA move. It's not like it's it's all that strange. It's actually in every sport." <clears throat> This is what happens at the end of the year for a team that's not competitive. Yeah. You sit, guys. Guys had three surgeries on the same foot. Like, what do you, you know. And obviously, it's a good. So, yeah, there's like slight negatives. The slight negative is that if I'm Sean Marks, yes, I would like to see, I don't know, Sean Kilpatrick or Boyan Bogdanovich, Ronda Hollis Jefferson play with Rook and Thad because that gives me more of an idea of how they're going to show up next season. He's seen enough. He, he's seen right. enough to know that. Yeah. I'm just saying that there is like one small side to it, but really like the, the most positive thing possible is that now these two guys are going to go into the next season healthy. Imagine. So this team is, is not the future is not the brightest, right? Sure. I think, I, I think we can say that. Sure. Um, now at least they can go into next season. Oh, uh, with a healthy Brook and Thad young, maybe not even have them next season. It could be now that they're healthy enough to trade, for whatever whatever Sean Marks wants to do, if he mm. if he wants to keep them and maybe rebuild quickly, 
he can do that. If he mm. wants to trade them, well, they're both healthy players. Any team that's going to acquire them, they weren't going to trade for them if they were hurt. Um, it just makes all the sense in the world. It's like, and, you know, I kind of feel bad for Tony Brown because the players that he's trotting out right now are barely above D-League. I mean, Sean Kilpatrick is, uh, you know, that the greatest sign of how little talent this team had was that Sean Kilpatrick can come off not necessarily the street, but come off the D-League and then suddenly is the best scorer on the team, perimeter mm-hmm. scorer at least. Um, but we're fine with the move, right? There's not... What really we... didn't even... Didn't even... Like, it was totally expected and... Uh, yeah, feels fine. It feels fine. I feel pretty good about it. All right, so what we're watching for the rest of the year is basically like... Watching the Willie Reed show. The Willie Reed show, the Ronnie Hall's Jefferson, like one great defensive play a game. And Thomas Robinson had that bit where he's like, I need to play more. Give me some more minutes. It's like, really? He, I've been watching you all season, just lost on defense, just just a real liability in general. And he's like, I need, I'm going to need some more minutes to showcase what this whole total package is about. I mean, he's like the he's the ultimate sort of like, you know, like Yi Jian Leon, like against a chair type player. He's a guy who looks great. Like I, I'm a Thomas Robinson guy. I think. I think what does a Yi Jian Leon against a chair player? What does that mean? What is it means that like he looks good in a gym, not against playing other players. Like Thomas mm. Robinson, if you were just to walk into a gym and you had a lineup of guys and he was one of them, he would look very impressive. He would be one of the guys who'd say that guy's a basketball player and he's going to be a really good one. Yeah. You'd say he's got an NBA body, wouldn't you? NBA body. You'd be one of those guys. One of those guys. But then when you watch him play, you realize how lacking he really is. I mean, he's not a really good defensive player. Like like you said, he, he loses things all the time. He's not a good offensive player. He just is really good at getting rebounds. And that's about it. I mean, I mean he's above average at getting rebounds. He's not even like... He's not even Reggie Evans level, uh, you know, forfeit everything else. He's better than Reggie Evans, though, right? Would you say? Yeah, I mean, he like is less infuriating. Um, yeah, I would say that's fair. So there are like a couple of players that like. Okay, so you if you're going to watch the Nets, you care about how how well Rondé Hollis Jefferson <laughs> plays. Like you want to see if he's can d- d- do anything offensively on the basketball court that's really going to matter. You know, like he can't just be a defensive guy and then for the Nets to rely on him. He needs to be an offensive threat. Um, you you want to see Willie Reed? You want to see a little bit of that action? You want to see how mm. good he could be? Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, I guess. No, I mean, I've it's fine. It's I, I'm not clamoring for more Willie Reed. I'll, just, I'll say that much. When you're just, watching, what are you watching for? Um, mostly Chris McCullough, seeing if it, which I'm worried about. TBH, I'm worried about that um, lack of inner motivation that he seems to already be exhibiting. That was that was part of his draft express, you know, weaknesses not not motivated i i get where he's where he got that from yeah and i and then a lot of that may be that like the whole like he never had training camp type thing and this is his yeah. training camp and his training camp's the end of the season um he just loves his jumper so much i mean i would too if i have that much arc on my jumper i would really be <laughs> <laughs> just lobbing it up in the air and he's sort of the byproduct of he's young enough to where he's grown up in the realm of that all bigs must have to, must be able to shoot a three point shot, um, and every time he's out there, it's like if he's wide open, he's going to take the shot. Hasn't really gone in that much. Sometimes it really careens off of all. I mean, it also like slams off the backboard and goes in every now and again. It's just it's like you just know, never know where that thing's going to end up. Yeah, and whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm every time he's in the game, you know, 
I get excited when the ball hits his hands, and then I realize that he's probably not going to do anything all that exciting. He's not yeah. like a, a distinctly like good player. Yeah. At this point, Smells, did you watch the uh, Qs Qs game from a couple of days ago? The final I'm, four. I'm not even going to talk about the Villanova UNC thing. It's One fine. of the greatest finals. Yeah. In the okay. history of the game. Let's go back to the Qs final four. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's take it back to the beginning. Um, did you go? I went to a, I, I did the thing that I never do for college basketball, which is I went wow. to a bar with guy. guys that I knew from Syracuse and watched it. Who do you know from Syracuse? I know guys. Yeah. I know guys. You, you got a crew? I got there? some people. I got some people. I got some guys, some cool, cool, like cooler friends than your friends. Uh, I paid um, for mine, so. Here's the thing. <laughs> um, I did too. Um, then, so we watched it. Everyone got a little bit. A little bit toasted. We had a few glasses of shard. Actually, I did have a glass of Pinot Grigio at the end of it. Here's actually, this is how the night ended. Looking for another bar to go to because there's just people everywhere. And we go to a karaoke bar. Yes. That's up the street. Go in. It's 11.55. Or I'm waiting for a drink at the bar. I get a glass of Pinot Grigio because I'm, I'm feeling very full. Um, and they're like, okay, the place closes at midnight. I'm like, why did you just sell me that? Why oh did you do that? <laughs> so I have to slam this Pinot Grigio in like three minutes. I do that, and then I feel so sick from it right away. I'm walking. There's maybe like four dudes ahead of me, and uh, I just I just like drift back and get in a cab and leave. Don't say goodbye to <laughs> not say goodbye to a soul. Is that called most, an Irish goodbye? It or is something? called an Irish goodbye. That's a that's a more one of the more egregious Irish goodbyes I've ever given. I think. I mean, because normally you have to be in a place to give it. This is just on the street. They're like, oh my god, did he fall down a manhole or something? This is <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. That's a really good feeling. <laughs> yeah. And then they called me, and I let one go before I called him back. I was like, actually, I'm not dead. So, so but I wanted to let. I need. I wanted a little mystery. You know, I wanted to feel like Chris Angel for a second. I, I'm always like one of those people, like who just like feels like I have to say goodbye to each and every soul in the building before I leave. Yeah, no. I want to walk by, make sure you know that. Not that I like need you to know that I'm leaving, but I just want to like. End the night properly. Yeah, that's what adults do. That's why the Irish yeah. goodbye is, <laughs> is is a thing. Yeah. But the wife and I did an Irish goodbye mm-hmm. also on Saturday night after the bar, after a bar we went to. We went back to a friend's apartment. Yeah. Great big apartment with high ceilings, so we wow. could play a lot of it drinking games. Friends. And um, it was time to leave for us, and we just left. Just gone. Fantastic. Fantastic yeah. feeling. I mean, I do it so often that I get, I get in some trouble. I'll be like at a family barbecue and do it. Be like, just like, <laughs> I got. I actually did that. I was my my uh, my sister's boyfriend used to live up the street from here, and like he would have you know all my whole my whole family would be over there, and a bunch of our friends and stuff. Good people, people that I know and like love to death, just slip out the back. <laughs> well, and not mean to bring this back to Vanderpump <laughs> yeah. Rules, but everything comes back to Vanderpump Rules. Lisa Van- Vanderpump did something in one of the episodes that I thought was genius, and is something I want to incorporate into my life. She could only she only wanted to go. To, it was like Katie's. Uh, not her engagement party, but it was like some event where one of the Vanderpumpies, you know, we're all at a bar together. Sure. And she dragged Ken, her husband, Van- Lisa Vanderpump's husband, yeah. to the bar and said, we're only going to be here for 15 minutes. But what she did was she walks in, gets a drink, and immediately says toast to whoever it was. Ah, makes made, sure everyone knows that Made she her was presence there. known, <clears throat> made it a moment about the couple. Um, cheers. Mm-hmm. Gave the hug, that, gave the chat, gave yeah. like a nice five minute talk and left. And I think that is, I mean, that's the way, if you're going to go for a short amount of time, make yeah. your presence known. So when people think back, they're like, what are the moments? 
Yeah, see, that's exactly that's almost exactly the opposite of the way that I do it. <laughs> I stay way too late, get wasted, and then leave like a I slink out like a sackless monster into the night. Speaking of sackless monsters, <laughs> there's really nowhere we can go with that. Uh, that would be safe. Um, so yeah, so the nets, the nets of the nets at this point. <laughs> Just speaking of a sackless monster. <laughs> I mean, segue. You know, and and I can't say. You know, I watched the the Cavs game that they won, and I've watched a couple of the other games recently. Um, I'm trying to think, what, like you know, which ones I've kind of checked down on. I mean, a lot of those games were when you, before Brook and Thad were officially sat down. When the tweets would come out, Brook and Thad are not playing this game, or Brook's not playing this game. There's not terribly much to see. It's just mm-hmm. not terribly much to care about. Mm. Um, but I did have a question for you. Sure. Okay. Um. The Nets' failure get less coverage than the Knicks' failures. Um, yeah. But maybe that's also because Knicks' failures are even greater in the grand scheme of things. So my question to you is, who's had a bigger disaster season? Nets or Knicks? See, here's the thing. I think that they're equal and that the you know climax of the disastrousness just happened at different times, just on different wavelengths. Like, you know, in January when we're firing everyone and... and uh, you know, it looks really bad. That's probably the pinnacle of our disastrousness. Nick's in a very similar position. I mean, if we're just talking about just the season and not, you know, the right. future. This isn't a... Um, right. So I would say it's pretty yeah. equal uh, in that context. But, you know, obviously the Nets don't have draft picks and so on and so forth. Um, <laughs> don't have draft picks or future <laughs> prospects right. of any kind. The the thing sure. that I would say about the Knicks that is troubling on in the long term is that um, Phil Jackson, and we've talked about this a little bit, but like Phil Jackson ideologically seems to just not care to um, like you know help help his other uh, personnel like to actually facilitate his like triangle offense thing. He's like, I want you to do this. I'm not going to do you the favor of getting players that would want to do that or be able to do it, but still, you do it. And that's not helpful. And that seems to be a real, you know, systemic issue over there. Right, and that's the worst way to coach basketball. Or yeah. sort of have a directive in basketball is that we're going to play this way regardless of... what. We, so, like, a lot of teams are doing that now because of the Warriors. Right. The Warriors play this, you know, certain style, and everyone says, wow, that's great. Let's all do that. I mean, right. I can speak specifically to my Wizards who weren't going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They made the switch to the Warrior style of basketball mm. when they had maybe one guy, which is Bradley Beal, who's capable of playing that way, and he's hurt for half the year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so so the reason, obviously, why I asked this question is partly because I think the Knicks season is a bigger disaster. Because part of being a disaster is... Um, if you have heightened expectations, uh, more sort of inflated oxygen is in the room for a, a season to be good, and it blows up as violently as the Knicks season did. I mean, the Knicks weren't supposed to be good, mm-hmm. necessarily. They weren't supposed to be, you know, a top four yeah. seed. They seem to be playing for a, an eighth an eighth seed. Right. Yeah. And they, it's not even that they're like, the record, I think they have like 31 wins. It's only 10 more than the Nets. It's not going to be really even that horrible. But the fact that Derek Fisher starts the year with a feud, a physical feud with Matt Barnes, 
He then gets fired. Carmelo is coming out with all of these quotes about, you know, he he, he needs things to happen now with this team or he's going to have to leave. Did you see the Aflalo thing? No, what happened? You're going to like this. So um, there's weird Instagrammy tweeting uh, riffraff between him and Kurt Rambis because he was demoted to the bench um, like two weeks ago. And uh, and so then when the Nets played the Knicks, he had a weird quote being like, they were like, you know, what are you going to do next year? Something They set him up with some kind of question. He was like, yeah, there's a team across the river that might have some interest, so we'll see. This was a uh, parsing this from a, a Nets Daily article from a couple days ago, but uh, thought that was thought that was an interesting like you know Aaron Flalo. It's like not, but he has. I mean, he was averaging like 19 points last not this season but last season, and you know seemed to be like a pretty good player. Well, doing like, poorly, Aaron Flalo's been like almost consistently. He's in a cycle in the NBA of he's underrated, then get hits a point, becomes overrated, gets yeah. a new contract, shoots back down. Yeah. People forget about him, and then he comes back up, and people think he's good again, and then he gets a new contract, and he goes back down. Mm-hmm. If the Nets can catch him on the good cycle. Is that a, a playing for a contract kind of a player? Is that what you're trying to say? I don't even know what it is. I just don't. I just think he's, for some reason, like there's certain players who stick out maybe with the media or just sort of in our consciousness as basketball fans that we all think this guy is underrated. And then we actually then focus on that person and realize, you know what? He's really not underrated. He's overrated. He's not that good. And Aflalo became – he was underrated three times in his career, and now he's back to being overrated. Now he's not even relevant at all. So, But anyways, the way that I think the contract works is that he's got a player option that we can pick up, and that would be like $8 million or something, which next year, you know, when all this cap room explosion happens, it's not so not so terrible. I would take it in a second. I think I would, too. Probably. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, anything could be better than, I mean, Boyan's playing better, and mm. Sean Kilpatrick can score, but if I I'm could pissed get Aaron Falls for Sean nothing. I'm pissed at Sean Kilpatrick right now. I'm pissed because he, he really screwed up my, my fantasy championship. Came in. I was, <laughs> how, did, how, wait, wait, I know. how did Sean Kilpatrick factor Listen, in I play, any fantasy? I play a very advanced, you know, head-to-head category thing, so I was playing him just for the free throw percentage, okay? He's a 91% free throw, <laughs> and and then he averages very few turnovers. That's why fantasy basketball sucks. In the I'm last sorry. in the last game on Sunday, he, he got four turnovers, and really, he really screwed me here, Mike. Anyways, sorry, I'm bitter. I'm, I'm going to move on. Yeah, what happened? You lost your championship, right? I did, but it was mostly because of Russell Westbrook. Anyways, moving on. I, I can't I can't dwell on this anymore. Um, we have email. Um, okay, the mail's here. Mail time. You gotta be, you gotta be fade out of that like, real quick. It's a, it pisses everyone off. I can already tell. I mean, I love it. Um, I'm gonna read some old ones that we didn't get to because we haven't put it in a while. And I love this is one of my favorite things because normally I feel bad and I have to like skip over them. But this this kind of stuff um, I like, which is like right after the Cavs when we beat the Cavs. Louis Estevez is like, holy crap, did that just happen? Forget Tony Brown for Nets coach, Tony Brown for president. <laughs> Which, um, not laugh. I'm laughing at the, the way that we all do that. That's, that's exactly how I felt. Dude, you know, I'm not, I, Mike went on the I, podcast and he was like, we think, we think we need to really consider Tony Brown for president. I think that's what he said. I don't, I, I don't, like, uh, you know, I don't know what interim coach could do as well as Tony Brown has done besides Luke Walton. You know, <laughs> Luke Walton won undefeated. Great. 
But Tony Brown has has had his best two players in and out of the lineup. They've been officially sat, and they beat the Cavs. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, and you know they've played pretty well. They've also got blown out several times. So I'm fine with that. I'm not saying he needs to be a head coach, but no. I'm also just saying like. And I think he needs to get some credit. He's better than Lyle Mahollins. And to, to be fair, Louie, that's pretty much how he how he says it. Um, he, he goes on to explain that more thoroughly. Um, moving on. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just going through some stuff here. Um, sorry. Oh, Chaboy uh, Allen LaForest wrote a masterpiece. A It was like a, I think it's got to be like a four, four or five pager, guys. I don't know if you in the email sphere are aware of each other, but this guy is this guy is the most verbose and talented writer. I you know love everyone's energy. This guy's this guy's got the energy. For sure, days. definitely. Um, here's the too long didn't read version. Um, <clears throat> Marks hires Atkinson. Nets draft giant Brazilian PG for their D League team. Okay, he's going to go after uh, Atkinson for for coach. And then here's here's the lineup he wants to go into next season with. Okay, Jeremy Lin, mm-hmm. Larkin, Jack. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Kilpatrick, Evan Fournier, Boggs, Thad Young, Robinson, Lopez, Sims. How how would you feel about that? And then he wants to bring in Juan Valle and McCullough and keep Markel Brown and that kind of thing. Sure, um, sounds I, great. I would be really bummed out. I would say about, that. <laughs> <laughs> about um, if if I mean I like Evan Fournier ish. He seems to be kind of on a. Um, is he a free agent? Is that why we're talking about him? Um, I Let's just say he, he is. It doesn't. He. He. I mean, I hate to like I think butcher he, what he said, but I'm, he. I'm sure. Again, this was like thorough. a five page. It was really. It was really yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I read the whole thing. I'm sorry, I just I forget that one bit. Um. um so, and I do think that well, one interesting question that comes to mind about this is that is Sean Marks okay? Let's go through the scenario. Uh, they go into free agency with the idea of signing someone big. Um, whoever you consider big being, Harrison Barnes, DeMar DeRozan, Dwight Howard, um, any of those guys. Okay, let's say they strike out on all of those level of free agents. Do you think Sean Marks is the type of guy that's then going to do stop gaps? Because I don't. I don't think he's going to be the type of person that would sign someone like Jeremy Lin. Because what Jeremy Lin right now is a stopgap. He's mm-hmm. he's a guy that you sign on a one-year deal and you hope you get something out of him. Um, <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion is that, not a suspicion, but um, if if they don't get one of the big guys, they're just going to not sign anyone and then stink again and then hope that they can become sort of what the Sixers have become in terms of just being like the dumping ground for bad contracts in the hopes mm-hmm. of getting... Because the Sixers have shown that you can take on the, the trade where they got Stauskas. They also then got the right to pick swap with the Kings. Yeah. That's the hope. That's the dream. Yeah. That, that's the hope of getting a first-round pick outside of trading Brook and Thad is saying, we'll take three bad contracts with the ability then to get a first-round pick. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the – that's why, I mean, everyone's – this whole thing about, like, you know, we'll be bad for a decade. We've talked about this, too. It never – it never works that way. Four years at most, you can see a shift from <laughs> the worst team in the, in the league to the best with zero assets. I mean, literally, if, if we're if we do exactly as you say and just are a dumping ground for you know every bloated you know Gilbert Arenas contract or whatever, I, I don't even know who's the modern Gilbert Arenas now. The most disgusting contract with the least output. That's a good list we should put together. 
it was Joe Johnson, right? Joe Johnson was number one on that list. Yeah. Um, you know, Vergeau has a horrible contract, but he's already been dumped. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, that's a fun list, and maybe yeah. maybe that's the way that this team really comes yeah, together. That's, that's how you want to um, go. But, but yeah, so I'm like, I've never thought that you know, in the NBA, if it's also malleable, you can you can really work your way out of any situation in three or four years max. You think that that's still too little, huh? And well, I. Still what, too little. Well, uh, well, okay. It's like, what's the ceiling you're going for? If you're going for championship, yeah. Th- I don't, I don't know where this team I mean, like no, suddenly. You, be, yeah, but I know what you mean. Horrible Relevance. to playoffs. Horrible to playoffs. Yeah, I actually don't think this team's really all that far away from. I mean, they could make a couple of signings. I'm not even talking about like the big guy signings. Like they could just make um, if they get a legitimate point guard in here, not just a top twenty point guard, someone who's yeah. who should be a starter, and then they add a wing player of consequence, someone who can score. They're a playoff team. I honestly believe that because I think Brook and Thad are that good um, that they can immediately start playing well. I mean, that's part of the thing with, that's underappreciated about Brook's season is that he's had Jared Jack for a third of it, and then Larkin and D. Sloan as his point guards. When, you know, we all are under this belief that a big man needs good point guards to set them up, that big men are dependent on having a really good point guard. When Brooks had the worst point guard situation in the league, and he's had the season he's had. So give him someone legitimate. You know, it, and maybe Jared Jack comes back. He, I think, what is it, a player option? I think it's a team option. Um, uh, it's a, it's like... It, can't keep this all straight. Was, yeah. um, it's an option of some kind. Someone's got an option. Someone's going <laughs> to make a move. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I really don't think this team's all that far away. You know, like, I, like you love Batum, right? I do love Batum. A Batum, Thad Young, Brooke Lopez front line's pretty, pretty yeah, awesome. Pretty, pretty achievable. If, yeah. if you can get Batum's attention, which seems like a guy that would, you know, not be, uh, adverse to a, to a lobster dinner and in, in the Prokhorov suite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? What else we got coming up? Um, I'm going to do this one proper because Chiboy, this is Chiboy. Oh, dude, you are killing me. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. Wait, wait. <sighs> you told me to turn it down. But you're supposed to turn it back up, Mike. It's Chiboy. That's Mike Wims. Mike Wims. It's always saving the day. So this is why I have to say because we're going to do this, Mike. He, uh, he told us that <clears throat> to step up our show we should encourage the email sphere to send in audio questions and i'm gonna finagle a way to do that with your blessing yeah don't you think that'd be fun very easy don't you think that'd be great yeah and, and you we'll can play them off your computer yeah and we can hear people's voices wouldn't that be nice it'll be a cacophony a little, of sound like a little colin um anyways he also has another great question which is if you could interview one player currently on the nets roster who would you most like to talk to what would be the best question to ask them so we've talked about this in private. I don't know if we put it out there. And this is something I've always wanted to make happen. Don't share this. Really? No, I'm just yeah. seriously. No, you got to put it out there. I think I think if we put it out to the the email sphere is a powerful crew of of distinguished gentlemen, and I feel like if you put it out there, it might happen. So the guy that we would obviously want here's how we would sell it: Brooke Lopez interview, but we would not talk about basketball the entire time. Not right. even mention the concept of of basketball. Because really, what do you want to talk about, Brooke? What do I'm we, not gonna. I'm not like. Want, wait, you gonna work on your on your hook this season? No. So you really like you've done better at assisting. Yeah. No. How that happen? Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that to him. But I do want to hear his take on Batman versus Superman. 
I want to hear why he thinks Hawkeye is an interesting superhero because I know that he does. Um, I want to know why what he thought of. I, I saw a picture of him one time holding the biography of the Studio Ghibli guy um, that like made all those anime movies. I wonder. I wonder <laughs> how um, how deep how bo- how low or how down deep the well of Star Wars knowledge that we can go. Because I think between you and I, we can we can hit a point that he may not even realize. Wait, say that again. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, I think Brooke Lopez is the, the person we'd want the most. Second most would be no one else. You got to have an answer. Have your own answer. Tony Brown. So I can talk to him about how great of a coach he is. Be serious, Michael. Who do you really want? It's going to be a player. Pick someone other than my pick. Then Brooke Lopez? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, Jared Jack would be interesting just because I'm always fascinated by the guys who are friends with everyone in the league, and he is one of those guys. Like, I really want to get to the bottom of that. One is, how do you know these people? Okay. Um, how much do you guys talk is there a lot of texting? Because I have friends, right? I don't he's text. Not gonna, he's not going to give the answers that you want well, to those things. He's going to be I like, think, "I think he would." I'm, I I'm a great so. interviewer. I know. I know that you are. And I'm, that's, a, I'm a great. I mean, here's the the there's an incorrect answer. Let me just say that the correct <laughs> name, the correct answer is Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Little drummer. You've been waiting to do something like that for a while. I don't know because you never know what it's gonna what's gonna happen when you hit it. Um, that's the fun. No, I'd want to know about. I want. The, you want to know about why Jared, how he keeps in touch with his friends. Uh, the the topic that I the 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 story topic. So it's like, and Howard Beck kind of even talked about this in his LeBron Carmelo thing. But like, I want to know. I want to talk about the guys who know everyone in the league and is friends with everyone in the league, and everyone likes them. Those type of people. I want to know how that how their lives are, like how they stay in touch with these people. Like, what makes them a good friend? I I'm consider myself an okay friend, not a great friend, but an okay friend. But I. People, Why are you pointing at me? People what is like, that? oh well, you're a bad friend. I mean, that's a known fact. Yeah, that's true. No, I'm just kidding. You know what it is? Um, I just have you know really intense private relationships. <laughs> Sorry, that came out so strange. Um, I'm just gonna move on. The next dude is your boy Jose. Um, so Jose is saying, should the Nets go to you? I like how Jose doesn't put a uh, last name on his Gmail. Just keeping it. It's like, really? Jose? Well, just Jose. Um, uh-huh. wants to, <clears throat> or should the Nets go to Europe to try to find a point guard? I would give backup duties to Lynn. However, should the Nets try to get a guy like Nando DiColo or Milos Teodosic? Free agency does not have that many options. Now, I know you're a real student of the Euro world. I know that that's true. Partly true. I mean, I do follow Jan Vesely on Instagram. <laughs> Still. Can't get, can't give up on him, huh? They really, they were, the propaganda about Jan Vesely was so, so strong. He, he was the first European brought over here was that, that couldn't shoot. The first European big yeah. that couldn't shoot. He could dunk like an ox, though, for that skinny body. He had, he had a couple of good dunks in him. I mean... Yeah, so what does this team do a point guard? They have to upgrade it somehow, right? I mean, they, they can't do the same uh, thing over again. Even if they don't, they that's the one position you need a stopgap because you're hurting the rest of your team by not doing that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the, I guess looking to Europe, you know, obviously makes sense. I'm sure Sean Marks has a has a beat on this type of stuff. Um, I'm not sure that I do at this point. My my knowledge of the European point guard market right now is what do I know? Is minuscule. I think everyone's is. How do these How do these guys do it? That's for you to figure out, Mike. You're going to figure out how these scouts operate. That's another question to figure out. How do they operate? Yeah. I'll talk to would J- you. Jared would you? Okay, let me put it this way. Would you be excited if a guy like Nando DiColo was your starting point guard next year? Sure. Yeah. That, you would like that? Sure. I'd be excited. Yeah. No, no. No, no, no. No. I need. You can't do that at this point with this with this fan base in the in the state that it's in right now. Yeah, that's why I think this offseason is so interesting because mm-hmm. just like, okay, what's going to be the pressure on Sean Marks to make the team better right away or what's it to actually build something towards the future? Because what does getting Jeremy Lin really do for you besides just like make you two wins better during mm-hmm. the year? Um, I will say, for- though, when I watch Jeremy Lin, I'm pretty like he's he's still got this. Uh, he's he's kind of good. I, I hate to say it. I think Jeremy Lin's still got something. Yeah, he's but he's also one of those players who, like, I feel like if you watch him on a night in night out basis, you'd be like, yeah, you see the you see the flaws, of course. Yeah, he he he's just like a kind of a I don't know, like not flashy, but the things that he does well is like cutting to the hoop and then shooting threes that like seems great, but then also I, when you watch him a lot, you'd be like, I mean, he's a crazy finisher. He goes, he gets people off balance and goes really fast to the. You would like that as as your backup point guard. Sure. I guarantee But he would be starting for this team, so that's fine. Well, he said uh, Jose was saying he wants him on his backup, which I can get behind. TBH. TBH, fam. Um, next question is from Cherboy, Sean Pinto. Um, so he says, uh, who on the Nets are legit NBA players in the future? Um, Larkin, Sloan, Ellington, Karras of Brown, Kilpatrick, Robinson, Reed Sims. Um, and he says the other guys are known quantities or high potential McCullough, RHJ, Lopez, Thad, Jack, Boyan. I could kind of agree with that. Um, I think only Brown, Kilpatrick will stay and Robinson and Saloon could possibly stay. Um, I wouldn't shed a tear if, if any, anyone other than McCullough, RHJ, Lopez, Thad, even Boyan, I think could kick rocks for me at this point. Yeah. He's played fine throughout the end of the year. I guarantee any trade that if they put Boyan in a trade and whatever they get for him, I'm going to be happier with than what Boyan is. I mean, I'm fine with Boyan. It's not like I hate him. It's just that, you know, it's, I've kind of seen the whole, the whole picture there. If, if, the whole Boyan, movie. if Boyan wasn't going to ride the momentum that he had like two weeks ago, all the way to like stardom, it's not going to happen. Like he had, he had that week there. Where it was like 20 point games. And then he just crashed and burned the next week, and I was like, and then he had that one forty-four point game, and he's like, I've I've done what I've came here to do. That's it. I'm gonna hang up the sneakers <laughs> now. <laughs> I can I can sufficiently stop trying. And Larkin, even you know, like I I kind of go back and forth of what I want out of a Larkin, but and I was a fan of him before he came to the team, but really, like if if he couldn't show up this whole season, like he was given every opportunity to be a starting point guard for this team, and he hasn't done it. He's not even, good I, enough. I can't even point to exactly like what is wrong with Sean with with um, Larkin right now. Like it's his decision making, man. He really like because he's a decent three point shooter. He is quick, but he really doesn't know. Like 
he doesn't know when he should shoot. He's very afraid to shoot. But then when he does shoot, it's not at the right time. Yeah. And then he doesn't attack for his own enough. And he's kind of always like, I think if I'm defending Shane Larkin, I can rest easy because I know that he's not going to score on me because he doesn't try to score. And like overall, like, yeah, he gets in the lane, but he's not like. He never really tries to pass out of a out of a drive. He got, he flips it up there and prays that it goes in. It's just not. It, he's just not a threatening player. And again, he's not big and all that fine stuff. Which which I think kind of like um, size of the point guard position is overrated. Like you can be short and great, but he's just not. I think it's decision making. It's just like every time he's out there, he he doesn't attack enough and he doesn't make the right passes and he doesn't make the right shot. And that's who he is. I would like to still keep, I mean, we're going to keep Kilpatrick. I think there's something interesting there with him more than some of the others. But Yeah, and I, I wonder if he's just going to be like, uh, is he Nick Young? And even if he is Nick Young, that's a pretty good find. Yeah. Like, Nick Young is fine enough. He just doesn't do anything beyond shoot the ball. Kilpatrick, all he does is shoot the ball well. Um, but if that's all he can do, that's better than... You know, whatever else they were getting at the position. What's Markel, though? You know, I keep wanting to see more out of Markel. Like, I like I would love if he could show he could be, like, somewhat of a backup point guard. Yeah. But he doesn't have any of that sense. Um, He's got the right body for it, the right athleticism. His shot's been better this year. Yeah. he He's in a weird place. He's, like, it, it's, it always, whenever I see him, it reminds me so much of Courtney Lee. And, like, how, how the hell did yeah. Courtney Lee become? Good call. Uh, like, how did he find? Because Courtney Lee's not good. He's never been good. He's been on a million teams, and they always seem to find like a weird role for him that n- never works. It's like, how is this? How is pe- people still t- always taking flyers on Courtney Lee? And uh, I think the problem with Markel Brown is he just never had that first like breakout season, and he's going to end up not not in the league very in in a short while, which will be sad because I think that I think he's got it. It's just he's in between too many skill sets. You know, he's he's too much of a jack of all trades you know what i mean and he's not he's not like average enough at enough things like he'll make a shot here and there make an interesting pass here and there pretty good defender here and there but like i don't know is it a matter of consistency or is it a matter of just not having like next level skill sets in any of those categories being like you know good enough but not great right and a guy like markel brownie has to be good at at two things he's to be a really good defender and a really good three-point shooter Mm -hmm. or like just a pretty good and he's not really I mean, he looks like he should be a better defender, but he's it's not like he like is like a tremendous defender in any any sense. Mm-hmm. As you say, like his offensive game is all sort of like what C pluses. Yeah. Maybe. I mean he'll surprise you here and there, like make a, a couple back to back difficult shots or like, you know, make an interesting drive and kick. It's like he he's got it in him at some point, but it's like I don't know. It's putting pulling it all together and like having a Putting a name, I don't, I don't know. What do you, what do you do with a guy like that? I mean, I also think like, so look at Thomas Robinson, and we sort of talked about him earlier. Is I mean, what if he doesn't, if he couldn't average more than thirteen minutes a game on this team, I don't know where else he goes. He's in a bad way. It's fine. <laughs> I think again, I think if if you're gonna say if you're gonna place like check marks or minuses against guys on everyone on this roster, Brook and Thad are check pluses that are gonna be here next year. Ronnie Hellas Jefferson. Chris McCullough, this team is going to have massive amount of turnover, and it should. Okay, yeah. the, Lark and Sloan are going to be gone. Markell's going to stay. Sean Kilpatrick's going to stay. Boyan's going to stay. 
but they all may be traded, each of them, potentially. Kilpatrick, probably not. Markel, probably not. But Boyan is like, if you're going to trade him, just trade him away. This is the season to do it. Um, and then it's Brooke and Thad, Rondé, and Chris McCullough. And then everyone else is just like, out of here. <laughs> um, this next question is from Joseph Chiliak. I like that last name. Um, so <clears throat> he's saying he has this uh, thing about how every time he gets a jersey, uh, the guy who who he gets uh, the jersey of gets traded. Uh, got a bunch of funny ones. My favorite one is Devin Harris um, because Devin Harris is on the block for like months and months and months, uh, and then finally got traded. So that was that was one you should have saw coming, Joseph. But um, point taken. Uh, so he says, "What jersey should I purchase next, and why?" Meaning, if you could trade just one player, who, who's who do you want to trade? Who do I want to trade? I mean, boy, Boyan. I don't. I don't really want to trade anyone because it's not. There's no value going to get back. I mean, the thing that you're going to get the most value back for is Brooke. But I mean, I don't want to see him go. And I still am in the camp of that. Whatever you get back for Brooke is not going to equal Brooke. Mm-hmm. It's just you're not going to get the value of Brooke Lopez. Um, do you have an answer for this though? One player. You know, I'm actually pretty happy that nobody's really grinding my gears anymore now that Jared Jack's gone. There's nobody that I can like really not forgive for being horrible. Um, I mean, Bargnani was like the the Bargnani the guy there. at the last like remnants of this team that you were like just like get yeah, out of get here, get off my t- get off my team. Um, I really really want to trade. Um, well, here's one that I would like. I just no, I don't know. I feel bad trading any of these guys. I kind of. I mean, Thomas Robinson, you can't trade him, though. He's not worth anything. That's yeah. the thing. And you're gonna get a, then you have a Thomas Robinson jersey. Nobody's going to know who the hell's jersey you're wearing. Um, Robinson's a decent name, though, to carry on. Yeah, they'll definitely draft a Robinson. Um, so get a Thomas Robinson jersey. Um, thanks, everyone, again, for emailing. I love you guys like God should. Um, Mike, what else have we got? Um, let's do some quick... You didn't see Batman versus Superman. Wait, are we doing news around the league, or are we just going? to nah, forget it. We're yeah, gonna forget we're it. I mean, we'll, we'll save it for next next time we do a pod. Next time we do a pod is probably around playoff time, and we'll have a bunch of playoff. You questions. don't want to talk about how the Cavs are in Germany. No, and, and, and you know we we missed the whole Snapchat story, and it's sort of the one thing I'll say about the Snapchat story is that like I, <laughs> I knew lo- you couldn't resist. I love the like second wave after a couple of days after it comes out. Where we're like, wait, shouldn't we be mad at Nick Young for? Yeah, for maybe you know cheating on his fiance, and it's like I don't think we should. My, my yeah. whole thing, like, we'll think that's implicit in the whole thing. I mean, isn't that the whole? Like, he's not a great guy. I'm not. I don't think anyone's saying that, and he's not necessarily like a super victim. But it's also like, well, it's not really my. It's just not yeah, my business. It's not it's my like, business. That's I, the that's the point. It's not. It's not it, your business. It's not our business. Yeah. And like so, yeah, like okay, like I don't support. I don't. I don't know cheating, that they don't have a, like, a polyamorous relationship. I don't know that. What do I know? Probably do. Whoa, Mike! What did you just? What did you say with do. that? <laughs> um, it's it's 2016. Okay, people have polyamorous relationships like all over the place. It's Brooklyn too. Here, where they have that's that's not where they are though. Brian, give me a beat. Um, here we go. And now it's time for. The Glue Guys giveaway. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. 
Brian. Sorry. <clears throat> um, Glue Guys giveaway. We have three prizes to give away, and I'll be surprised if um, we'll give away all three. This is what we'll do if you're listening to the pod at this moment in time. Um, tweet at us, at BK Glue Guys. The first person to get the question right will have the choice of these three prizes. The choice of one of these three prizes. Now, let's not do the question right thing. The first person to tweet at us with, like, you know, I want to get to know my listener base. You know? I want to get okay, to know these people. Enough. You know fair what I'm enough. saying? So what do you want to do here? I want the, the first person to tweet at us. Here, here, describe this. Describe the first thing that you're going to give away. And then I'll... Sorry. Describe the first thing you're going to give away. Um, so we have three different prizes. Um, we have one, a Keith Bogans jersey. Wow. Nets jersey. Didn't we try to give this away last time? <laughs> We've been trying to give it away for a couple, for a while now. Uh, <laughs> two is a Darren Williams mask that Devin Carpertian got me. Mm-hmm. And three is the Nets thong. Wow. That I purchased last season and have yet to be able to give away. So again, review Bogans jersey. Darren Williams mask and a Nets thong. So I think unisex. I want to point that out. (laughs) I think for the thong, um, I don't want to make anyone jump through any hoops for that thong because we need to. That thing's been burning a hole in your pocket for for a while. Yes, or burning a hole in in my pocket, your butt. Um, The (laughs) the um, maybe we should just have them tweet like I I formally request your Nets thong. Sure. Okay. The first person to do that, <laughs> yeah, gets the Nets thong. Gets the Nets thong. Um, Congrats. <laughs> so masks. I'm thinking of Halloween. Um, I like you, where you're going with this. Can you tweet at us a your best best Halloween, Halloween costume? costume? Yeah. You Ever. you would a- and you know there's no way to prove this, but hopefully you would actually have worn it. Yeah. No. Don't, don't give me. What, like don't a make fake up one? something. Yeah. What did you wear? What was the and do with the hashtag? Uh, <laughs> glue guys, don't don't make them do that. And it with hashtag glue guys. Oh, stop! Don't. What is that? Oh my god! Look at look at your hands. And hashtag you glue guys. You like the control. You're, um, you're really fired so up. So yeah. So the winner of the Darren Williams mask is the person who tweets at us the best, funniest. Not the best funniest. It was just the one that they had that no, they liked. Best slash. The funniest. first person that tweets at us with any Halloween costume at all is going to get it. So. <laughs> So, so just be honest about you know what okay. are your favorites, personal favorites. And what was your personal favorite Halloween costume that you ever wore? You're not going to be surprised by this. this is good. And you're going to think it's uh, douchey. Oh, good! This is exciting. Eighth grade, mm-hmm. I was five eight, mm-hmm. one seventy. So big boy, exactly the same as you are now. I'm five eleven now, one eighty. Well, we're about the same. I might actually be a little bit. Heavier than you? Is that possible? I have very dense bones. Wow, that's a thing. I you're not gonna like this. I was a pedestrian. Yeah. A pedestrian. Eighth grade Mike you Smeltz. You didn't dress up, did you? Eighth grade Mike Smeltz thought me being a pedestrian was hilarious. You just dressed down. Twenty eight year old Mike Smeltz still also believes what that. What were you freaking wearing, Mike? Just tell me what you were wearing. What is a pedestrian, Brian? Someone who walks. Uh huh. Well, I was just wearing so clothes. Just wearing clothes. And I told people I was a pedestrian. But what exactly did you wear? Did you wear anything just, just particularly bland? Just regular clothes. <laughs> Everyday clothes. God. Gym pants. And you're like, I'm a pedestrian. An Aeropostale sweater. Wow. You really... Nikes. 
you really dressed like a herb in eighth grade. I can tell. <laughs> I can already see it. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite Halloween costume? <laughs> see, I'm. Um, I always had embarrassing Halloween costumes because um, I didn't really care about Halloween. It does not, oh, I didn't care. It's not that I Stop I didn't it. get excited about it. My mom would always have to pick something at the last second, so I went on some really dumb shit. In examples, my please. Uh, well, one like Garth from Wayne's World. We had a we had a, a wig. It's not bad to How throw on the last second. When I was really young, this is bad. I was alfalfa from, and I didn't know. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Just put this stuff in my hair, whatever. Right. Fine. Got ripped on really hard by everyone, and had to um had to like change. Anyways, um, yeah, just, it wasn't that I I didn't care. It's I, I never I, I don't know I didn't have it I didn't have it. Um, I also in adulthood I always seem to either go too far or too <laughs> little for every like po- like Halloween party I ever went to. I remember in college I went like in full Randy Savage gear to a very you know lukewarm Halloween party <laughs> and felt really out of place. Uh, that's a lot worse than going to like a up like a really big Halloween party and just kind of being like that's and then I've done that too. I just like where I had a Batman mask and they were like lame brand. I was like, God damn, I cannot win. Right. Um. So wait, sorry. So what are we giving for the last thing? Keith Bogan's. Um, okay. So how do how do they get it, Mike? Well, uh, one option is. I don't know. You could. Uh, what what piece of clothing did you wear that was a, that was like the worst piece of clothing you've ever worn? <laughs> what I'm is trying that? to think like along the lines of what would Keith Bogans be? What the hell was that? The worst piece? Of, <laughs> what does that mean? Like you wore like a ratty shirt or something? <laughs> what are you saying? I don't know. What do you? You're better at this. What do you think? What do you think? Um, that's really funny. By the uh, way, I actually have some trivia questions for you when you're done. Just give a trivia question for the Keith Bogans thing, then. Okay. Um, if you can name what a pregnant goldfish is called, tweet at us the answer, and you will win a Keith Bogans jersey. So everyone Google <laughs> what that thing is. I, I looked. I just looked up um, odd trivia facts, and up popped rick-hancock.blogspot.com. And that's one of the things. Is that that a, a, do you want to know other a, ones? A famous trivia. Apparently. <laughs> Rick Hancock. What is the lifespan of a dragonfly? Oh, wow. Um, can I guess? Yeah. Say like a month. 24 hours. Damn. How many teeth can a snail have? 10, 100, or 25,000? 25,000. 25, right. Yeah. This is how this is how I got by. Just multiple choice. Question. It's not even a question. These are just answers. These aren't even. They're just facts. Okay. A flamingo can only eat when its head is upside down. Interesting. Wow. You wouldn't even think that because that neck is so long. You know. One pound of lemons contains more sugar than one pound of strawberries. Wow. A female ferret will die if it goes into heat and cannot find a mate. That is gruesome. Um, it just had dies of fever. That's what you were going through when you first got down in this basement. You were going into heat. <laughs> That's do you know what going into heat means? Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ, God, Brian! Like God, Brian! Like what's your what was the worst piece of clothing you've ever worn? <laughs> <laughs> the lowest, uh, the lowest quality sweater, and... lowest quality garb you've ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! 
I know. Is that because all you ever wore is Air Pastel and Ralph Lauren? Is that <laughs> Air Pastel was a big part of my have life? Have you ever have you ever worn a, a not designer? <laughs> yeah, brand yeah. Clothes? So chic, <laughs> chic. Uh, that's it. I don't have. I don't. We don't need to talk Batman versus Superman because you haven't seen it yet. Um, the one thing I'll say, mm-hmm. okay, this is not spoilery. Uh, Adam, it, so Amy Adams is in a bathtub. Uh, you about to get creepy, Mike? No, no, no. She's in a bathtub. She's with Clark Kent. She Clark Kent comes home fully clothed, and he has flowers for her. And uh, they start they get in like this little thing argument or whatever, playful as it is. And Clark Kent decides to get into the bathtub fully clothed with shoes on to you know mm-hmm. act romantic. Okay. Wouldn't that be disgusting? Getting into the like, clothes on? If you were in a bathtub. Especially shoes? Let, like, imagine been walking around someone New jumped York into City. a bathtub. Yeah. Metropolis acting as yeah. New York City and just jumped into yeah. a bathtub. I would be horrified. I, you know, I, I recently read this thing about just how much feces is running through the streets. of When it rains and you're walking around, it's like oh, a fecal I think suit. Oh, I did think about that. It's there. Well, we're fine. It's just dog. That's eh, fine. Dog feces eh, and urine. never going to change. But yeah, so you don't want to bring that into your bathtub, um, unless you're me. My my review of Batman v Superman is that it was good, and you know what's weird? Reviews despite are all the, all the you know bad reviews, or whatever. Everyone whose opinion I respect about super you know superhuman <laughs> film one right here um, is saying that it's okay. So I don't know what people are so pissed about. It's like it's you know Batman punches your man in the face, your man punches Batman in the face. Wonder Woman shows up. She does some shit. People fight. It's fine. It's not. It's not like so. Like I think people fear that Zack Snyder because he's kind of becoming like Michael Bay 2.0. That like he's gonna like show up and he's gonna like put yeah. put his like macho logic on the top of everything and that it's gonna be like dreary and dark. And it is dreary and dark, but it's also kind of like eh, well, superhero movie. And yeah, it's the eighth Batman movie. Who cares? Yeah, it's kind of like let's just watch it and see what happens i'm gonna go ahead and wait till it comes out on videotape and then what did you just see i finally got around to the hateful eight have some hot takes on that um do you want to lay them out here no no it's too it's um no it's not going to be interesting anyway everyone's already either seen it or they don't care good point yeah (laughs) and they may have both seen the name of your movie review blog (laughs) You either <laughs> seen it or don't care. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you'll hit that sweet spot. Yeah. Um why don't you take us out of here, Mike? <laughs> so you can check us out. Oh, on by the iTunes. way, we're not gonna get rid of this Keith Bogan's jersey with, with that <laughs> oh, question. No, no, no. We're not gonna you wanna keep the Keith Bogan I'm on to you. I'm so on to you. Anyways, take us I think cat. it's a Keith Bogan's jersey, by the way. Is there another Bogan's who who it could be? No, I, I think it is though. It's number ten. Johnny Bogan's. Oh, that's Johnny Bogan's. <laughs> Um, no, it's Keith. Um, Keith. So tweet at us with those answers at BK Glue Guys. Check us out on iTunes. Search Glue or search Glies of Brian. So good night, Mike. Good night. Woo! Yeah!
show. The end of the show, now you can all go home. Napa guy knows more isn't always better. Unless we're talking about full-size vans. These beasts do more than get you from A to B. They have so much space a man can live in it. With shag carpeting, waterbed, and a sweet lava lamp, these mobile abodes have all the comforts of home. With quality parts and plenty of Napa know-how, you can keep the original tiny house running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.